It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, January 28, 2022. I'm Kelly Reese and this is the KVMR Evening News. Up ahead, it's a battle between North and South as the San Francisco Niners and the Los Angeles Rams meet in this weekend's NFC Championship. However, as the California Report details, the fight isn't just about a football game. We'll hear from California News Service on a new plan to extend paid sick leave for those recovering from COVID-19 before turning our attention to regional news and weather. Then Al Stoller speaks to Lekshay, one of the visiting Tibetan Buddhist monks in anticipation of this weekend's closing ceremony. This is the California Report. I'm April Dimbosky. The battle for the Super Bowl is on. The Los Angeles Rams will take on the San Francisco 49ers this Sunday in the NFC Championship. The teams will play at the Rams Stadium, but there will be plenty of Niners fans in attendance trying to psych them out. One Niner fan who will be there dressed in red is Tony Knopp. He's the CEO of Ticket Manager, a company that manages sports tickets for big corporations. He lives in L.A., but he grew up in the South Bay, so he's loyal to the Niners. Knopp has been following the controversy that erupted earlier this week over who gets to buy tickets to this game. The conflict arose after a group of Niner fans made themselves a little too comfortable at a Rams home game earlier this month. There is a very large contingent of 49er fans in Southern California and another large contingent that will travel for events. The 49ers, as a team, are very well known as one of the best traveling teams in the NFL. Um, The vast majority of the fans at that regular season game were 49er fans. They were so loud that they made it difficult on the Rams uh, to run their offense, to play the game, where there was so much noise. Just because of the noise or because they were psyched out by... Because of the noise, because they were making noise while the Rams were trying to do the hut, hut, hike. And, um, you know, that's a a definite advantage that usually goes to the home team. And they literally couldn't hear... They literally couldn't hear each other. (laughs) They had to go to a silent count, which is what teams generally do when they play somewhere outside of their own home. And so the Rams for this game are trying to put controls in place to keep as many Rams fans in the building as possible, um, which has led to some controversy uh, about, you know, open markets. And and it's made the game very, very popular. So it's a very expensive game to get into. It's sold out within 60 seconds um, in talking to Ticketmaster. And now there are people reselling their tickets for much more than they bought them for. How did they do that? How did they put controls over who could actually buy a ticket or not? They checked the zip code, the billing zip code of the buyer. Are they allowed to do this? So they are. Uh, there is precedence for this. And I think the um, unintended consequence is that a lot of ticket brokers with Southern California zip codes bought tickets and are now making a lot of money reselling them. So do you think this sports rivalry is something of a stand-in for a cultural rivalry between San Francisco yes. and L.A.? Oh, absolutely. 100%. There's always been the, the North versus South, the you know, the, the funny quips and memes between San Francisco and Los Angeles and, and the difference between Northern California and Southern California. And it's, it's fun to have seen it from both sides. What's the nature of the, the cultural conflict? You know, it's generally, and it's changed a little bit over the years. Back um, in the 80s and 90s, the San Francisco Giants, for example, were more of a more of a blue-collar team than the Dodgers were. The, the Dodgers were the bigger brother in that rivalry, while the 49ers were the bigger brother in the Rams rivalry. 
Um, and then 49ers are more of the wine and cheese crowd. That's changed uh, over the past few decades, but the loyalty to the city itself and the Beat LA chant hasn't changed much. If you go to a, a, an event in the Bay Area, you're going to hear Beat LA chants. Um, they don't have a similar chant in Los Angeles, but the vitriol towards San Francisco Giants fans or San Francisco 49ers fans is, is the same. And I think the 49ers fans having such a broad showing in that last regular season game leads, it adds fuel to the rivalry. I think there's going to be some pretty passionate Rams fans showing up uh, this Sunday to prove that this is, in quote, in fact, their house and that well, Niners fans are not going to come and take it over. I'm a bit of a fair weather sports fan when my local team gets to the playoffs. As that's, are we all. That's usually <laughs> when I start to yep. tune in. Um, so for folks out there who are not regular football fans, what's important to know about this game coming up? The Rams have spent a lot of their money trying to win right now. This team is built to try to win the Super Bowl now. They have a new stadium that they'd like to christen with the Super Bowl championship. They've spent a lot of money on free agents that are very expensive and some, and it, it makes it difficult for them to win in the future. Um, they have a lot on the line for this currently. Uh, the 49ers, it's redemption. They were in the Super Bowl in 2020. They came one play short, uh, and there's an opportunity for them to get back to that. Tony, it's been really great talking to you. Thanks so much. Always. Thank you. Have a great time at the game, too. All right. We'll do what we can. That's Tony Knopp, CEO of Ticket Manager. Super Bowl fans will have to wear their face masks at the game. Even though L.A. County is past the Omicron peak, health officials say we can't get complacent. KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports. L.A. County appears to be on the downward slope of the Omicron surge. County Health Director Barbara Ferrer estimated that the peak was on January 8th, but said the virus is still circulating. The numbers are coming down, but, you know, 26,000 new cases a day. It's pretty easy to unintentionally either pass on COVID or to become infected with COVID. The new BA2 subvariant has been detected in multiple states with four cases in L.A. County since the beginning of January. It's unknown if people who were previously infected with Omicron can get infected again with the subvariant, Ferrer said. But we know what works. Getting vaccinated or boosted and where Wearing a mask in public spaces will decrease your chance of getting the virus. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. California continues its study of how to make reparations to its Black residents. At a meeting yesterday, the state's task force took up the thorny question of who should receive reparations. Secretary of State Shirley Weber argued compensation should be limited to descendants of slaves, people whose ancestors were kidnapped from their homeland and left with nothing after generations of forced labor. She said while Black immigrants have suffered from racism in the U.S., they always had a country to return to. The California Reparations Task Force meets again today. Go to kqed.org to find out how to watch and participate. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at schmidtfutures.com. Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. And the Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved youth. 
And that's the California Report for Friday, January 30th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Katie McMurrin, and Brendan Willard, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm April Dimbosky. Thanks for listening. Case rates of COVID-19 have spiked with the onslaught of the highly contagious Omicron variant. This means kids staying home from schools and parents foregoing work to care for them. However, a new plan to extend paid sick leave for many of the state's workers is gaining steam. California News Service's Suzanne Potter explains more. Parents' rights groups are praising a plan to extend paid sick leave for many California workers that is now on a fast track to pass. On Tuesday, Governor Gavin Newsom announced a deal with legislative leaders on a bill to require businesses with 26 employees or more to offer two weeks of paid sick leave to recover from COVID or care for a sick family member. Social worker Matthew Kajak is with the nonprofit Raising the Future, which runs the California Parent Youth Helpline. He says people shouldn't lose their pay if they or their kids test positive. So it's really, really important that we respect the role that parents play who are basically the heroes of this entire pandemic and honor that by allowing them to stay home and take care of their children who may be suffering from coronavirus. A similar extension of sick leave during COVID expired last September. This proposal would be retroactive to cover sick days taken since January 1st and would come to an end on September 30th. Full-time workers would qualify for 40 hours of leave plus another 40 if they show a positive COVID test. Part-timers would get the number of hours off that they normally work. Opponents complain that the cost of the extended sick leave will be borne entirely by businesses, many of which still are struggling after the pandemic shutdowns. To help soften the blow on companies, the deal would restore some tax deductions and expand some tax credits. Kajak says workers' health must be the priority. Business is important, but compared to having employees come to work with coronavirus, God forbid, dying, it's not a comparison at all. Whatever we have to spend to keep Californians safe needs to be spent. Without this change, workers in California would only have three state-mandated days of paid sick leave. The bill is expected to be written and sent to a vote in the coming weeks. For California News Service, I'm Suzanne Potter. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Now let's take a look at regional news. Nevada County Public Health reports 251 new confirmed COVID-19 cases today. Out of 14,342 cases since the start of the pandemic, 3,666 are active. 32 people are hospitalized, 4 in the ICU. Did you notice the beige cargo container-like structure taking up residence in the Prosperity Lanes and former summertime parking lot? UBINET reports this illegitimate pop-up COVID-19 testing site was shut down by Grass Valley officials on Wednesday. That same day, UBINET reader stated a folding table was set up in front of the container, with one person in a disposable gown running the tests. This fake testing site is a stone's throw from one of the two Nevada County official testing sites, located mere parking spaces away in the former summertime building. Nevada County Public Health Director Jill Blake encourages residents looking for testing resources in Nevada County to visit mynevadacounty.com slash coronavirus slash testing. Nevada County has two state-sponsored testing sites. 
one inside the former Summertimes building at 231 Colfax Avenue, Grass Valley, in western Nevada County, open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Monday through Saturday. Eastern Nevada County has a testing site in the Gateway Building at 10990 Donner Pass Road in Truckee, open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday. These are both state-sponsored and do not cost money. A statement from Nevada County Public Health, posted January 25th on My Nevada County, says, quote, You will never be asked to pay for testing at these locations, end quote. In a recent news release, California Attorney General Rob Bonta says these fake testing sites are sprouting up throughout the state. Bonta asserts these sites attempt to exploit individuals monetarily as well as collect personal data. If you believe that you have been scammed by a fake COVID-19 testing site, you are encouraged to report it to your local police or sheriff's office and file a complaint with the Attorney General's office online at oag.ca.gov report. Photos of the fake testing site can be viewed on Ubinet. Local youth nonprofit Bright Futures for Youth announced this week that it secured a $937,000 grant from the Center at Sierra Health Foundation. The money will primarily be used for a program dedicated to finding and helping children and young adults faced with housing insecurity in the community. The three-year grant through Elevate Youth California allows Bright Futures for Youth's SAFE program to add a drop-in center for youth at risk of experiencing homelessness, establish more comprehensive programs, and hire several staff members. The grant is the largest ever for Bright Futures for Youth, formed by the merger between the Friendship Club and NEO in summer 2020. Quote, the grant will greatly benefit our efforts and ensure that we continue with our mission of finding youth experiencing homelessness or housing instability and helping them overcome numerous challenges, end quote, said Jennifer Singer, executive director of Bright Futures for Youth. When the program started, SAFE's goal was to connect with 12 people under 25 years old per year, ensuring they have clothing, food, healthcare, counseling, paths to college, career technical education, and other necessities. SAFE currently assists roughly 50 young people and has served more than 80 youth and families faced with housing instability during the past three years. Quote, Homelessness is often a generational challenge, and we are committed to breaking that experience, giving youth the tools to build a better and more financially stable future, end quote, said Aurora Packard, program director of SAFE and an associate clinical social worker. The Elevate Youth California grant is funded by revenue from Proposition 64, which legalized adult non-medical use of cannabis in California. Beginning Tuesday, February 1st, the Breastfeeding Coalition of Nevada County will sponsor a breast milk donation drive. The drive accepts donations of frozen breast milk from February 1st to the 28th to help infants in need. There are no fees and a free blood test and free shipping are provided. You can register at mothersmilk.org. This event is a combined effort by the Breastfeeding Coalition of Nevada County, Nevada County Public Health, and the Mother's Milk Bank. Now let's take a look at our regional weather this weekend. Despite hopes of precipitation, the National Weather Service forecasts dry and mild weather through next week. Expect late-night patches of fog and areas of frost come morning. Breezy north winds could return early next week. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 36. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 60 and calm wind. Sunday, sunny as well, with a high near 58. Clouds roll in Sunday evening. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 16. 
Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 45. Sunday, sunny with a high near 49 and calm wind. Sunday evening will be partly cloudy with a low around 23. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 36. Patchy fog between 2 and 3 a.m. with patchy frost after 4 a.m. Tomorrow, patchy frost before 9 a.m., otherwise partly sunny with a high near 62. Sunday, patchy fog before 7 a.m. with areas of frost before 8, otherwise mostly sunny with a high near 60. Sunday night will be mostly cloudy with a low around 39. Up next, Al Stoller speaks to Lekshay, one of the visiting Tibetan monks, about his time in the Golden State. The closing ceremony, San Mandala, takes place tomorrow at Wolf Creek in Grass Valley. Lekshay, how did you become a monk? First, uh, when I was eight years old, my parents uh, decided that I can be a monk. In our Tibetan traditions, if we have two or more than two a son in one family, uh, one can be a monk. And my parents chosen me to be a monk. But they gave me a time that I can complete my secondary school. Is there a place for women in Tibetan Buddhism? Uh, we have many Tibetan nuns. So our monastery, like uh, within a, less than a mile, there is a nunnery where they have um, 700 nuns there. And the women can be educated like the men? Yes. Uh, nuns can be a geshe, means like a PhD holder in Buddhist academic levels. And they can become a well-Victorian and become a master too. Your English is much better than it was a few years ago. Uh, yeah, we've been living here in America two years, so that really makes changes in our uh, speakings, our way of understanding the America, and also all those kind of like uh, uh, American way of uh, talking to each other. We live in a quarantine for like a one year, four months, but although we cannot go out, the fortunate thing is we constructed a 17 different sand mandalas in 17 months. And also all those times we gave the um, teachings in Facebook online. So through that, uh, I can able to improve my English and all those kind of like a general understanding of America and the American culture. What is a mandala? Mandala is a tantric tradition so that you construct the palace of the deity, means enlightenment beings, in a form of sand. Sand, so you're drawing, you're painting with sand. Yes. The essence or the nectar of the certain thing, you apply this by engaging on it and taking the nectar from it, by applying it and making it into your transformation of your mind. You are making, building, painting a mandala right now in Grass Valley. 
we are constructing the white parasol deity now in a grass valley. There are very specific designs. This is not something you make up as you go. There is a way that it is supposed to look. Yeah, each mandala has a, a different way to construct the center part. Some mandala are square, some are circle, some are triangle shape. The thing is mostly we do our constructions of the circle mandala and we do like a medicine Buddha, we do with the square. A white parasol deity, the Dukkar mandala is a circle mandala. The center part, each deity have a different significance. So that makes a different uh, deities, different mandalas. The Chinese invaded Tibet in 1949. Mm. Your parents escaped. Have you been to Tibet? No, I was born in India. My father came from Tibet, and my mother was born in uh, exile. I have never been to Tibet. The monks will be returning to India in just a few days. I asked Lekshay what he might miss about America. We have many friends in America, that uh, like uh, friends of Tibet and friends of Gandesha Monastery. And their dedications, their support, it's really immense. And we miss their love, their care. And also we miss the, the American environment and especially the, the road structures. The roads. Yeah, roads. Uh-huh. Which is really like highly developed. And it's like very easy to go to your destination because such a wonderful road structure they have. Do you feel lucky to be a monk? Yes, a monk is not a easy. Once you are a monk, means you are not into the trap of samsara, the worldly existence, suffering nature. So that's why being a monk, I feel like very fortunate that I can uh, study all my life in a spiritual approachment and which is not just only a superstitions that you can in a religious point they've been saying but we our uh, like our approachment is to how you can be enlightenment by uh, working on all those spiritual path and the spiritual uh, like uh, awareness Lekshay, thank you very much for speaking with me uh, thank you very much I was speaking with Tibetan Buddhist monk Tenzin Lekshay. For KBMR, I'm Al Stoller. This just in from the Nevada County Executive Office. Callers representing themselves as Nevada County Public Health Department employees are offering to schedule residents for an emergency vaccination clinic. The caller then asks for personal information, such as name, address, phone number, date of birth, and health insurance information. These calls are not coming from the Nevada County Public Health Department. For up-to-date information on legitimate local testing and vaccination sites, residents can call 211 Connecting Point at 1-833-DIAL-211 or check the county's website at mynevadacounty.com/coronavirus. Residents who believe they may be a victim of a COVID-19 scam should contact local law enforcement at 530-265-7880 to file a report.
That's our newscast for this Friday, January 28, 2022. If you ever miss a part of an interview or want to listen to something a second time that caught your interest, you can always listen to the full, extended versions of our stories and interviews on our website at kvmr.org or wherever you get your podcasts. KVMR gets support from Milkman Toner Company, providing local hometown service for network printers, copiers, and scanners. Carrying environmentally safe remanufactured toner cartridges with printer support. Serving Northern California counties, also San Francisco to Lake Tahoe. MilkmanCompany.com And Sweetland Garden Mercantile, North San Juan. Offering organic gardening materials, hardware, PVC, and Dave Wilson and Felix Gillette bare root trees. Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, 292-9000. Sweetland GM. Dot com. Dig it. Stick around. Up ahead at 6.30, we'll hear the California Report magazine. San Francisco in the 80s and 90s was mired in the AIDS epidemic. Close to half the city's gay men were dying, and some turned to marijuana to help ease the unrelenting pain and anxiety brought on by the deadly virus. However, it's easy to forget at that time marijuana was not legal and state politicians were on the warpath. Tonight, an entire episode devoted to a San Francisco pastor in the Castro's Metropolitan Community Church and the role he played in this story. Then at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for listening to the news this evening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Thank you.